Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nine Bob Note. I'm Paul. And I'm Ken. Hello. Hello there. I went all archers there. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, that was the last episode. <laughs> or possibly not. We don't know. <laughs> It was in the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. What are you talking about this time? Doctor Who is 60. <gasps> I was wondering whether you were going to bring this. <laughs> Isn't it exciting? It really is. I think we may have mentioned Doctor Who occasionally. Have we? Yeah, yeah, they might have yeah. slipped in. No one's noticed. (laughs) This time, 10 years ago, we were eagerly getting ready for the 50th anniversary, which was a fantastic episode, which we went to see at the cinema. It was live at the cinema. It was in 3D and remains to this day one of our favourite episodes. It is my favourite episode, yes, of all time, yes. So we're now approaching the 60th anniversary, which apparently is going to consist of three special episodes of Doctor Who, Mm. which feature David Tennant as the 14th Doctor, penned by the returning Russell T. Davies. It's all very exciting. It's all new. We haven't had an episode of Doctor Who in over a year, but I don't think there's been a week has gone by where it hasn't been mentioned. A day? <laughs> yeah. It's insane. <clears throat> but the, just the general excitement, I think, is pretty much at the level it was when it came back in 2005, when people were talking about it all the time. I just think there's just a big buzz about it and excitement. So I'm entirely with you. <laughs> I've been a Doctor Who fan my entire life. Since I was oh, three or four years old, first saw Peter Davison on screen. And for me personally, and uh, you personally, it seems, it has taken a terrific nosedive uh, <laughs> since Peter Capaldi left. Now, that's not a dig at Jodie Whittaker. It's just a dig at the era that she was uh, the star for. Unfortunately, it was just a, a very poorly written series, a, a few years of Doctor Who for me. <laughs> Russell T. Davis, he was the executive producer between 2005 and 2010, widely regarded as a television guru. He is just (laughs) way up there in the pantheon of the best that television has got to offer. He's come back. He's written, oh, God knows how many. But the fact that he's milked this publicity machine for a good 12 months without any new material being screened is just Mm. a testament to the man. There is a buzz about it. I am very excited to see what they've done with it. There's a lot of things that they've teased, and as we're getting closer to the special, more and more layers have been peeled away, and we've seen more and more glimpses of what's in the thing, and it ties in massively to certainly the comics history, which has never Mm. been explored on screen. I don't know the comics at all, but I know the characters in it. Yeah. So I'm confident that it's going to be a beautiful celebration of the programme. Now, whether it's going to top the 50th, Stephen Moffat really pulled a blinder with that. It was about 60 countries it was shown in simultaneously in the cinema, in 3D. They spent a fortune on it, which they will have done this time, of course. Disney's involved. Yeah. That's a lot to live up to. Yes. Yeah. And at that time, there was a little bit of, not necessarily criticism, but people were 
sort of saying that Stephen Moffat had a tendency to sort of overcomplicate things. Now, I've, I've never had a real problem with that because it's a, a sci-fi mm. program about a time-traveling alien who can go <laughs> anywhere in time and space. And the people who write it get to make up the rules of time travel. And if you don't understand an episode... That's fine, because you're probably not really supposed to understand what's going on. And so I think some of the criticism that was leveled at him was maybe a little bit, well, that's back on you. Sort of. Moffat here, I, it's not, I, for some people, it's a, an absolute nadir. They can't stand it at mm. all. It was very complicated, far more so than it ever had been or ever was again. Yeah. It did reward the viewer, I'll say that yeah. much, for sticking with the story, but you did have to pay attention. Yes. And I think it put a lot of, oh, and in fact, I know a lot of casual viewers completely turned off when it started going down that complex. I can understand why, because mm-hmm. it's a bit of an ask. If you're not a science fiction fan, but you quite like Doctor Who, or as with several women I knew, quite fancy Matt Smith, <laughs> but uh, I'm not watching this rubbish. So I think you can go too far down that route. There's also the danger of writing for the fans. Yeah. Now, once you start doing that with any series, we've touched on this before, you're on a slippery slope because yes. it, you start having a smaller and smaller audience. I am quietly confident that Russell T. Davies will not do this. The only, only sad little thing that I've got is Sagan Akinola, the mm. musician from the Jodie Whittaker era, because it was this wonderful modern evolution. A, he did a cracking version of the theme tune. Yeah. But all the music in it was really modern without jarring. It was this ethereal feel to it. You listen to any of the soundtracks, they're all very otherworldly. And now Murray Gold's back and he's very, very good. Yes. Excellent musician, excellent composer. And Ben Foster's back conducting the orchestra. It will sound wonderful, but I've heard the orchestral version of the new theme tune. Mm. And I didn't get the tingle. It's very, we've heard this before. It's the greatest hits of the theme tune, isn't it? Yeah. The orchestral versions of things, when they're played in public halls and arenas and concerts and things, it never sounds anything like yeah. the TV version. <laughs> it's just a lie. I'm going to wait to get the tingle. Yes. Fingers yeah. crossed I get that. It's called ASMR, Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. It's when you wow. get, when you know, when you get that all the hair stand yeah. up when you hear or watch something and you get that, oh, that's it. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping for that when the screen kicks in. Yeah, I think it was one of those where maybe Russell T. Davis has just thought, I'm bringing back David Tennant, <laughs> you know, I'm bringing back the diamond logo. Let's bring back Murray Gold. And, and like you say, we're in safe hands with Murray Gold. Oh, we completely, know it's going to be completely, completely, yes. And um, I don't know if you've heard the 15th Doctor's theme. No, I've deliberately shied away from it. I wanted to hear the, the rendition of the theme tune and I was underwhelmed. <laughs> It's a curious phrase, like, underwhelmed and overwhelmed. Nobody's ever just whelmed. Well, no. <laughs> I think that actually was a mistake. You've peeled away a layer too many there. Yeah. So I don't want to know anything. I've not gone looking for Shooty Gatwa's performances and other things. He's not going to be the Doctor Who. From what people have told me, his sex education role is very sort of, hello. <laughs> and I don't want to go into this with any preconceptions about him as the Doctor. I want him to surprise me and woo me on screen with yes. his performance. 
Yeah, I think he will. Russell T. Davies knows what he's doing. Yeah. As you were saying, he's been teasing us with the details of these specials starring David Tennant for over a year. We still don't know anything about what's going to happen in them. And we've just had little glimpses and little teases. But more and more details have been released about the actual series that's going to star the 15th Doctor, which is going to follow after that. And like you, I've been trying to stay away from those because mm. I don't want to know if any major people are coming back, you know, or... And- Mel Bush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm wildly excited about this. I've got to- I've always had... I've always had a thing for Bonnie Langford. (laughs) Well, I don't expect you to, but yes, I I think, uh, yes, yes, yes. So I'm delighted she's coming back. Yeah. But but then I also feel... It would have been a better surprise. surprise. Yeah. Yeah. But then you do kind of get the feeling that there's going to be some surprises. He's got to, I mean, what we've seen that's in the 60th so far... Mm. That's not it. No. Because no. wonderful though all these little glows are, there's uh, the Star Beast and Beep the Meep and the Celestial Toymaker. Everyone had sort of guessed. Yeah. And then it was confirmed. So I think a lot of the time they'll be fighting a losing battle because wherever they go filming, people are there. Yeah. So it's better to put out a press release and capitalise of it than have some blurry photograph on Twitter. Yeah. So I get it, but that's why I steer clear. Yes. Yeah, I I just want to be surprised. I want to have that tingle when (laughs) something happens on screen or there's a little nod or... Because I had no idea whatsoever. Power of the Doctor, Jodie Whittaker's last episode. Yeah. I I am not a fan. (laughs) However, we were watching it more or less simultaneously Mm. and then all the old Doctors... No clue this was going to happen. Paul McGann's in there. (laughs) Colin Baker's in there. Colin Baker's not been on screen since 1986. <laughs> and it was just this lovely, oh God, that's fantastic. Mm. And I can't begin to think of an anniversary like this where the old doctors don't in some way make an appearance. Yes, there's going to be something whether it's going to rival Tom Baker being at the end of the <sighs> Day of the Doctor. Because, I mean, that was... Nobody saw that. No, comic. no. And like I said, we were in the cinema watching it and the whole cinema just went... <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant, wasn't it? But to have those kind of yeah. things and just those kind of surprises, but also going into the new era, if you will, mm. with the new Doctor, Russell T. Davies has said he's going to stick around for... Five years, five I believe. Years. Yes. Which is great because you know from his previous stint, that he, he's going to bring new stuff. Yeah, there's going to be old, probably the Daleks at the last episode of every season. Every season, <laughs> yes. yes. Of course. A billion Daleks coming out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. Reset time, everything's back to normal. <laughs> yeah, everyone's <laughs> forgotten about them. Uh, but, you know, he knows about moving things forward. I just, I hope he does. It's going to be great. And we've not got that long to wait. In fact, by the time this episode comes out, we might have already seen the episode. From the first one. Because there's only three with David Tennant. Mm. Oh. So you know that I, I will lap up any instance on screen of Paul McGann. Yes. I love the Eighth Doctor, my favourite Doctor. But at one I really hope gets a little flash is Jodie Whittaker. Mm. I yes. think she deserves that little hurrah. There's no getting around it. She's the least regarded of the Doctors. Yes. There is a fan base out there for her, but it's nowhere near as big. Yeah. And great for those people. Yes, absolutely. She's the Doctor. Go you. But I want her to get a genuine, oh, 
moment. Yeah. So please, let's have that for her. Definitely. I mean, we, we've said before the, at the end of Power of the Doctor, mm. which, where she was about to regenerate, that minute or so was really, really good. It, it was her time it to was, shine. Yes, I mean, she should have shone five years earlier <laughs> if she'd been written for properly, but she didn't. But then we got this glimpse of what this great actress could bring. Yeah. And then the best line that any doctor's ever had, <laughs> tag your it. Marvellous. As one fan described it, instead of half an hour of man pain. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to die now. Who's next? <laughs> no, but before I die, let me tell you some words of wisdom, doctor. And I'm going to go on a tour of all my old companions. And yes, I'm dying soon. I'm dying of nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what the storyline is going to be and at what point David Tennant's Doctor is going to regenerate into the shooting at us or if, you know, if there's going to be some kind of twit, I don't know. But I wonder, <laughs> he's only got a three hour long episode. I wonder at what point he's going to start the uh, goodbyes. To the- <laughs> he's only got three hours to do the regeneration. Because <laughs> he's on a cliff. So maybe at the start of this episode, he's going to like trip Four. over a rock. <laughs> and like, oh no, I'll bang my head and dying again. Shit, this is shortest regeneration I've ever had. Oh well, let's go and see Donna. <laughs> I, I always go and see the old companions. <laughs> yeah, might as well. But she's going to die if you see it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we're very excited that Bernard Cribbins is oh. almost, he was spotted on set, wasn't he? Oh, no, he's definitely in it. Oh, yes. yes. Right. Excellent. Wolf it's his, his last role. Um, it, it, oh, I don't know how much of it. I think I'm fairly sure he'd finished filming before he died. Mm. So I think it's not going to be some crowbar yeah. or Wolf's disappear. Granddad's gone off up the allotment to look at stars. Uh, he won't be in it for the rest of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm fairly sure that he's, he's he's actually in it, in it. He was pictured on set in a wheelchair, but um, the poor bugger, he was 94, I think, when he died. Mm. And he'd lost his wife of 80 years Yeah, the year before. So I can't think of any other old people that have just withered away and died within 12 months when the, the queen. No. Oh. <laughs> But I am going to cry when I see Bernard Cribbins. Yes. Because we've just been doing a rewatch. Started at the beginning of September. So it was quite an ask. <laughs> but we've done it. We've got to the end in time for the specials. But, oh, when Bernard Cribbins was on screen. My yes, heart. He, he was brilliant. So I'm, I'm so glad that they managed to get him back. I'm very excited about the new people that they've got. So the new Rose. She's actually a completely different character who just happens to be called Rose. No, she doesn't. Recast. Recast. Doctor Who, I won't begin. But it's very, very exciting. Also, some of the things that are coming up, you know, like some of the people, some of the writers and things that they have got signed mm. up for the new series, I think it's going to be great. And Miriam Margulies is doing the voice of... <laughs> Beat the, is it Beat, Beat the Me? Beat yes, the Me, yes. Yeah. A character from the <laughs> comics, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was reading um, a brief snippet of an interview with Russell T. Davies, and they asked him why he'd sort of brought in the comic mythology. And he said that the original reason was because he knew he'd got David Tennant back and he knew he wanted Donna to be in it. So it had to be set in London. And so he was like, well, we need some kind of alien threat in London. So that's where he got the Star Beast from the comics. And then he was like, well, we might as well just throw 
everything else from the comics in there while, while we're at it. So, Well, like I said, some of the most well-regarded comic strips are from the late Tom Baker era mm. and the Celestial Toymakers from William Hartnell's era. Yes. Now, it's a curious one to bring back that. Now, Celestial Toymaker is three quarters missing. Right. So it wouldn't surprise me if he springs the, uh, hello, we found the other three, and it's a terribly dull story that I have no desire to see. <laughs> so boring. It is, it's a really boring story. There aren't many that are really dull, but that is one. But I just think it's nice that he's woven together a few things from... Because there's this canonicity debate. Mm. Are the comics canon? Are the Big Finish audio dramas canon? No, it's only the TV. So, well, what about the books? They're BBC books. No, they're not canon. Well, yes, they are, actually. If you, it, it ties out, uh, they reference them in the TV series. No, they don't. No. <laughs> so I think it's nice that you've got a producer that's trying in some way to pull the different strands, threads, Absolutely. media that Doctor Who's in together. There's been a big push in recent years for that because there's there's something which I'm not I'm not remotely interested in. It's a bit of a failed experiment. Doomsday, mm. which was another one of these multimedia things. They, yeah. they, they tried it during lockdown with Time Lord Victorious where this big, long, sprawling story that first part was an audio, the second part was a novel, the third part was a comic, then there was a webisode or something. <laughs> so you had this whole tangled way of following the story that involved you spending about 500 pounds <laughs> yes it's a nice idea but i don't know anyone that's got really enthused about it but i think that was a way of trying to pull all the different media together into a continuity yeah it's not entirely worked and <laughs> we've got another series of redacted out of it mm. Mm -hmm. i haven't listened to the first i couldn't bear it i got about 30 seconds in and they'd mentioned being trans about 40 <laughs> times it, that was it. I mean, I listened to the whole, I think there were 10 episodes. I haven't. You listened to all of it. I, I didn't know you'd done that. Yeah, I did. Good I listened God. to the whole Mainly just, oh, well, I don't even know why. I think it just downloaded, it, although it has downloaded the second series for me and I've just ignored it. Oh, they've it. actually made it. Um, yeah, just oh, to, yeah, it's been released. Uh, for the listeners at home, Doctor Who Redacted was a podcast. I don't know why they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the premise of this thing just sounded utterly shit. It was a 10 part podcast series. Was it supposed to be found footage or of these people doing a podcast rather than a radio drama about the doctor? But it was a, a drama as a pop. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, it was, it was a bit all over the place. And I mean, you know, I am the beacon, the of, beacon tolerance. of tolerance. Yes, but it was, I think it was written by a trans person. Right. And one of the characters in it was trans. There were various other People on the rainbow of <laughs> LGBT QWERTY. Uh, yeah. And the story, such as it was, <laughs> was that some, something or someone was erasing people, redacting people from time. And that this was a way that they could crowbar in sort of former companions mm. and, and things like that. None of them appeared in the series. I don't think, I think they were just mentioned. Oh, here's a list of people who've disappeared. <laughs> Rose Tyler. <laughs> yeah, it's very bizarre. But every scene was about this trans person sort of saying, well, I already know what it's like to be erased. Uh, because, and yes, we get it. It's an issue. That's not what they, this is a series, it's a series of Doctor Who. It just got very, very tiring very quickly. 
yeah, I've no idea what happened at the end or at the beginning <laughs> or in the middle. But. Well, it was called Doctor Who, but Jodie Whittaker was in the last episode for about three lines, I believe. Yeah, I think she was in, there was a recording of her in the first episode where she, you know, like it was like, we can hear something coming through and it was the Doctor right. saying uh, But then, yeah, and then she was in it for a few seconds at the end. And then there was sort of references to various companions and you know so in other words it was a hook to hang yeah on, right yes. oh definitely yeah it was hmm. well the writer was fired right and replaced by an established doctor who writer for the second series oh. so i'm still not intrigued enough to give it a go because i just <laughs> that's my one hope that the new doctor who i know that they're trying to be very diverse and that's that's fine yeah um, because a doctor who fandom it tends to be um a comfort for people who aren't, you know, they may be lonely or mm. maybe struggling with the sexuality of the, you know, a lot of disabled fans. It's, it does seem to draw people to it that yeah. are possibly a little more forgotten by society mm. and they find the comfort in that. In recent years, it's been all about that <laughs> and rammed down your throat writ large. I hope that now that we've got a decent writer on board again, he will oversee that it's done subtly yes great get a diverse cast get diverse guest stars brilliant but let them just be there and be part of the story <laughs> don't build the story around who who that week's guest star happens to be you know this and- is my new companions in a wheelchair oh look we've landed on a pebbled beach <laughs> <laughs> we're in a quarry <laughs> Ah, the stair planet. <laughs> I don't think you could be referring to the Christian layer there at all. <laughs> Without go- going out, it, diversity by numbers that <laughs> we had for Chris, it didn't work. And it put loads of people off. And then it was like, well, you just don't like these new companions because they're black or they're because it's an Asian lesbian. It's like, no, no, I don't like them because they're <laughs> terribly written. And, you know, and also, she wasn't an Asian lesbian until about two weeks ago <laughs> when you decided that she needed some kind of personality trait. <laughs> Can't get that box. There must be some old personalities left in there. Hey, we found this one from a, a lost carry-on script. It's... <laughs> Planet of the Aspergers. It's all right, Doctor. I've got Aspergers. I can beat them with my mental powers. Yes. Go, Ryan. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I don't think we're going to... I don't think Russell T. Davies is going to fall into that trap. I I think it's great the amount of diversity that they've got in there, but let's just... uh... There's a story about a man-stroke woman in a box Fighting aliens <laughs> and good, eventually, somehow, winning through cleverness. Yes. We really don't need it to be anything other than that. No, that's it. Destroy the aliens, destroy whatever diabolical plot they've come up with this time. That's it. And please don't let Millie just hang around with him, hoping for a bit of black cock. <laughs> Can they not just be mates? That's how it works mm, best. I Yeah, I, I think, or at least I'm hoping that it, they're going to be just two mates running off and having adventures together. I mean, wouldn't it be good if she was a lesbian and had no interest in him whatsoever? <laughs> and he was like, what the hell? I used to be a lesbian, in my, but, but two regenerations ago. <laughs> Can you not see me, the real me through the... <laughs> Oh. Just because I'm a black man doesn't mean I'm not a white lesbian underneath. <laughs> yeah. That's discrimination. <laughs> yes, I, 
can't see him doing that. <laughs> Boiling the hot water as I am <laughs> for us both to climb into. <laughs> Shall we rate this in Boas? Yes. Well, it's not very often that your favourite TV show turns 60. And there are quite a few people who didn't think it would live to be 60 after, <laughs> after a certain, certain person took a scythe to it over the past few years. Uh, but we have made it. So I yes. am going to give it five feather boas and let us be still here talking about it via hologram for the 70th when no doubt David Tennant will be wheeled out again. Yes, uh, one or both of us will have cirrhosis by that point. <laughs> we uh, may still be recording this episode. <laughs> we, we may well be. I'm going to, and the hard drive's going to run out of tape. <laughs> I am really, really looking forward to it. It's just not even a thing. I'm just cock a hoop. Can't wait to see them. I'll be like a kid again. Everybody will have to be quiet. Yes. Uh, I don't want all this iPlayer nonsense. I want to watch it live and be spoiled and oh, just basking it all for a few weeks and then a Christmas special and then a new series in spring. I'm just going to be unbearable for the next few months, uh, just like a kid again. And it's nice to feel that way. Yay. Huzzah! What are you rolling us out with? I am going to roll us out with Screening Queens. <laughs> This is a bit of a bit of a weird one, but because it's coming up to a big anniversary, there is going to be quite a bit of Doctor Who content rolled out. The BBC iPlayer are celebrating the 60th anniversary by launching pretty much everything that they've got, mm -hmm. including all of the new Doctor Who episodes since 2005, all the spin-offs of the Sarah Jane Torchwood class, all of the Doctor Who confidentials. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And also, as many of the classic Who episodes as they have got or they're allowed to show. Apparently, the the, <laughs> the son of the person who is who did he write the first story in Unearthly Child? Or the very first story of Doctor Who was called An Unearthly mm. Child, and it was written by a man called Anthony Coburn, mm. or he is credited. Now. Um, he died quite young, I seem to think. It was 1976 or 77 he died. And so the rights for it reverted to the BBC because each author, they get the the rights on the whole to the characters they create and mm. the monsters they create. They've got to at least be credited. Yeah. Uh, but Steph Coburn, who is the son of Anthony Coburn, a very, very peculiar man. <laughs> very peculiar. Mm -hmm. Every 10 years, he pops out of the woodwork. Because <laughs> in the 50th anniversary, he tried to claim copyright, I think, of the police box. Right. Now he's popped up trying to claim copyright of the TARDIS. <laughs> and because these things are tortured and nebulous and legal, the BBC has had to not show an unearthly child yes. on while all these wranglings are going on. It's only going to go one way, but it is very tedious. Mm. Uh, the guy is ill. Uh, <laughs> that's putting him mildly. They've offered him £20,000 for the copyright. Now, you're not doing bad to get paid £20,000 for something you didn't do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, come on. <laughs> uh, but no, he's admitted on Twitter he's doing it out of spite. And uh, yeah, apparently he's penniless. 
and he blames the BBC for the death of his dad, who he didn't get on with. <laughs> so, yeah, it's all very tortured. But I think the BBC are going to pull a blinder with... Um, Russell T. Davis has already he's teased. Some surprise. But, yeah, yeah. And I suspect on iPlayer we're going to get Dalek's master plan in colour. Now, uh, there's only three episodes of it exist, but there's a group of fans and they colorized one of the episodes, one of the black and white episodes. I've never seen it. I've seen fragments of it and it looks wonderful. You'd never know that it, that it was. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of very good colorizations out there nowadays and it just completely brings it to life. If it does for a new audience, I'm all for it. Brilliant. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, so there's all that. Apparently, over 800 hours of Doctor Who content being added to the iPlayer in November. But also, I think there's a documentary on BBC4. There is, with David with Tennant. David Tennant, yeah. So that sounds quite exciting. And I'm sure that they're going to repeat an adventure in space and time, <sighs> which was just lovely. Yeah, it was a biopic <laughs> of William Hartnell and the origins of Doctor Who. If you've not seen it... Even if you don't like Doctor Who, it's just a lovely piece of TV. It's a really well-made drama. Yes. Russell T. Davis has told us to look out for, I think it was the 1st, the 8th, and the 16th of November. Really? Um, but none of those are Saturdays, so I don't think they're going to be the dates that the special episodes air. Well, the 1st so, is when the David Tennant documentary's on. Right, Okay. And also when all the stuff's launched on iPlayer. Right. So, But there were two other dates. I'm not sure if they... Oh, you've seen more than I have then. Mm. So I don't know whether that's what, you know, something is afoot. He's a crafty one, that Russell. He is. Keep keep your eyes peeled. But either way, we just can't wait. It is like being a kid at Christmas. (laughs) I I am so, so excited and I'm very much looking forward to it all. Yes, wonderful. And I'm sure we'll be talking about it all as as soon as it's done. (laughs) Yes, episode by episode digest. Why the hell not? (laughs) So on that note, we will leave you to your 800 hours of Doctor Who content. (laughs) And we'll we'll see you sometime in 2026. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for listening to us now and in the future. (laughs) Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.